Last time on DMTK's Chef's Night. My thought is the only people who might know what exactly happened when you went under are those heroes. And there may be a reason that they're still stoned. Uh, you hit the last two ropes and those uh, griffins are all free. And before any of you kind of really sort of clues in as to the direction you're heading, you see the clouds kind of break open in that area. And coming from the sky are what looks to be three or four suns. Stars just falling and crashing into this area with a massive explosion of light. Uh, And as the light fades, uh, it doesn't look like the trees have been damaged uh, or anything. The mountain is still intact, but any of the autumn deaths that you guys had previously seen is completely cleared out of that area. So, like, in this area, about three or four stars just fucking lit up the air. Okay, Teddy can react to this once he's not falling. (laughs) Step number one is don't die. Yeah, I I mean, you're you're falling slow enough that you're not really worried about, like, dying. Uh, At this point, roll me... Yeah, roll me dexterity. Okay. Thirteen that time. Slightly better. Yeah, I would say as the... As the griffin is kind of coming down to try and and eat whatever you've let go, it's sort of at this point matching your speed, and it's easy enough to, to grab on. Okay, then I'm going to grab on the griffin. All right, now, holy shit. Proper reaction. We have to pick up the cenotaph? Ideally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless that. you just want to leave him behind. <laughs> well, I didn't know if you were going to, like, hop back or something, but yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, we'll grab by and pick you up. Um, yeah, Barris will use message to allow us all to telepathically communicate. Did y'all, did, did, did y'all, did you see those stars? I did. Yes, that was odd. That was not the, that was a lot. All that was a lot. Was that where the barrier was? I believe, in the mountain, yes. I don't think stars are supposed to do that. Cenotaph, have you seen this before? Have I seen this before? Um, no, but you've heard of someone who may be able to do that, and it would have been one of the four heroes. One of the four heroes may have been able to do something like that, but I've never seen it before myself. Have they maybe awoken? I can hope so. If not, whatever that was may have destroyed their barrier. We may need to go check this out. Philandra, what do you think? I agree. Very much. Yeah, that seems important. Devere, can you land us down by the mountain? Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely I can. Um, just... Teddy hasn't gotten off the griffin that he was riding. Came a long no, way he to get here, and he's like flying next to you, talking, but he's still on that I, griffin. I want to see. I want to see an animal handling check to see if you can land this griffin. Oh no, that's what the parachutes. Are. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, as um, there you go. <laughs> Ten. 
so with that, with that ten, uh, as you guys sort of like come into this grove, uh, back into the grove that heads down to the Underdark, um, Devere lands uh, elegantly, and Teddy's kind of trying to figure out uh, how do I how do I stop this thing, and it stops abruptly, uh, sending Teddy about ten feet forward into the grass, and just he's giggling. He's just giggling the whole time. He's just so happy. <laughs> uh, can we do it again? That was great. And he dusts himself off. I got to ride a dragon. This is the best day ever. Did you also get to chase the dragon? You never catch it, though. That's the problem. <laughs> never do. <laughs> um, so, as you guys land and uh, look around, the barrier is definitely gone. But the area has definitely been cleared out. Any of the remnants of the kind of stagnant and and leftover autumn death uh, are gone and cleared out. That gazebo that was sort of covering uh, the four heroes, the giant skeletons that were kind of building this gazebo have all kind of crumbled almost into a spiraling set of stairs um, where one of the, the giants is still mostly intact, and as you take a closer look, you see four figures standing worn out and decidedly defeated. Approach them! Offer him a drink. Teddy, <laughs> do you have any drinks to offer? Of course I do. There's always more, and I find more. <laughs> there's, al- there's always money in the banana stand, there's right? There's always money in the banana stand. Alright, I guess, yeah, we'll go up and talk to them. So yeah, the, again, the, the four figures that are that are there are the the four heroes that you guys know from, I guess, from Closing Day. There's, uh, there's Cog in his, uh, in his paladin armor, um, and he is, he's out of breath. Uh, those of you who've worked with orcs before have never really seen any, any orc really, like, tired out. It always seems like no matter what kind of work they do, they're always going strong. But Cog is definitely just out of it, and he is tired. There's a high elf there, uh, Irloon. He's kind of holding his his focus, uh, a purple orb that is kind of shattered. He's looking a little disgruntled. The dwarf Tuker is kind of just kind of making fun of everybody and saying, "Yeah, I think I think we've had a we've had better battles before. Like we'll we'll figure it out next time. No big deal. No big deal." There is a there's a drow. Uh, and she's she's sitting there and kind of mindlessly fiddling with uh, with her focus as well. And as you look at her focus, it's a uh, it's kind of in the shape of a star system. Uh, there's a star in the center and planets circulating the outside. And they're they're not really paying you guys any attention. They're just kind of joking around, seemingly happy that they're alive after their previous encounter. Teddy walks over with an open flask. Woo-wee! Looks like that was one hell of a Donnybrook there, boys. Uh, everyone need a, a drink, something to top off? Great work, everybody. Great work. Claps all around. And I, I, I'm doing to try to act like I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> and, and Cog kind of says, Uh, you... I, I remember you guys. Um, why are you back? And yes, I will have a drink. And he, like, grabs out of your hand and... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll pull out a whatever. I'm probably am running low, but in light of the situation, Teddy will pull out his last reserve flask to pass around. We 
Well, we went to explore and make sure that things were safe, and... Well, some people seem to have gotten out of the Underdark people with not the best intentions. And we came back here and saw your light show. Um, and Tugger's like, Ah, oh, you mean you mean her light show? That them stars... Fuck. That was bad ass. It was very impressive. She doesn't pay any mind to anything else. She's just like staring and staring. Does anybody need healing? Well, I mean, uh, and and it's kind of it's Cog that kind of speaks up. He says, "Yeah, she's she's kind of run out of uh, of any ability to do magic. That guy that that just ran in there, he took us all out and, and kept on going. Uh, I don't I don't think I've ever seen anything like it." Guy that ran in there. What uh, happened? How did you unfreeze? Well, you see, when you when you guys came through, uh, our our focuses and our and our items were forcing all of our magical energy into the earth and into the barrier. When that stopped, uh, the petrification also stopped. It was keeping us alive and also sapping our energy at the same time. Now the energy isn't being pulled from us and now we don't need to be. We can just kind of live on. That's how it happened. Uh, he had found a way to break into the barrier and disrupt what was going on with our with our items. When do you, you say do you know he, what, what do you mean? Um, I, I, he was he was a guy in a cloak had a weird tattoo on his forearm. Oh, um, thank God. It was an actual guy. It wasn't like a turtle. <laughs> it was an actual man. Just gotta be clear. He says, I haven't seen a turtle since you guys came through. But Alright, that's good. That's good. No, continue. I'm sorry. Just needed to be sure. <laughs> he kind of chuckles a bit. He's like, you are uh, an odd one. But yeah, uh, no, that's, that's all we... That's all we got. Uh, he, he broke the broke the spell of the barrier, and I don't think there's any way we're going to be able to bring it back up. Not in the condition we're in right now. Well, healing potions all around. Then I have six, so I give each of them one. Okay, and then I also offer the caster. I have a blue potion that I have decided just in brackets magic with question marks. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly what this does, but it has something to do with magic, I'm sure. Also, keep in mind, it's like a visibly dead-looking person handing these out. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, you're you're one of these one of these guys is a, is a straight-up necromancer, and so he's kind of like uh, the high elf is is a necromancer, and he's kind of eyeing you up, it, interested, obviously, and he says, "I don't." think I've ever seen a collection of souls like you before. And he slowly takes the, the potion and, and opens it up and, and drinks it. The cenotaph um, makes rare eye contact <laughs> and says, I'm sure you have. You must have been to Raquel. Uh, and he, he smiles wide. He says, oh, Raquel. Yeah. Oh, I am the guard. All of them. That's, that's so fascinating. 
Oh, it makes so much sense now. Hmm. Oh, you know what? I have something for him. And as he's sort of, like, nursing his focus, he, instead of, like, instead of nursing it, he actually crushes it in his hand. And he says, ah, it's too bad that I had to do this. But he pulls a shard out of it, and he says, this might be helpful for you. And he hands it over. He says, this gentleman here was quite the commander in his time. The perfect warlord. His soul may become useful to you. And he just hands over a shard of his focus. I further crush it in my hand and absorb the soul, I guess. Okay. Um, and as the uh, as the commander sort of blends in with the rest of the souls, you kind of hear a bit of a, a gruff tone, and he says, Ah, I got something for you. Something that'll help real well. Um, and he figures that there's a way that you can imprison people using the Legion, basically. And it's uh, it's a grappling move where you can grapple a single enemy. Uh, unfortunately, you can lose the effect of mage armor for the turn that you're u- for the time that you're using it. Okay. So your AC would go down to 14, so it'd be 17, I think, what it's yeah. at right now. But on the initial grab, it grabs them and it harms them. Uh, for one, for 2d8 uh, damage. Um, Alright. And he he says, there was this thing that the king really liked to use back in the day. It's called the Iron Maiden. <laughs> He's like, I think I think this would suit you well. Oh, excellent. And like his, like the ghostly armor that shimmer around him briefly like spikes out everywhere and then settles back down to his regular kind of just shimmering and moving around him. Uh, I'm not going to write that down right now, though, because I have no idea how to use Roll20. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, and and Tutker, uh, the dwarf, uh, he is a sorcerer as well, and he kind of looks at, uh, at Varys and he says, hmm, you've, you've got an interesting shape of, of magic around you. A little a little torrential. Wild. That is how magic naturally is. <laughs> and he, he laughs. He says, you you aren't wrong. Uh, and he he kind of stretches his arms a bit and, like, his shoulders. Uh, and as he does that, two uh, dragon wings just kind of pop out. He says, I was raised among the dragons in their continent. Their blood lives within me. And as he kind of kind of hugs himself almost with his wings, uh, and he pulls off a scale from from one of them, and he says, "Here, this this might help you a bit. It uh, might make your magic rage a little more, but the power that it would give you is probably going to be helpful in the next little while." Uh, and he just gives you a dragon scale. Okay. Um, well, thank you, sir. What color is it? Uh, it is red. Uh, and so you can use two charges of this dragon scale to increase your spell slot by one. But Of any level? Of any level. So 
If it's a third, you can use a fourth, but you can't go above it. So you, if you have level three slots right now, you can use one charge to cast a fourth, and that other charge to cast a fourth. Okay. The drawback to this is that you are going to have to roll a d6 um, before you roll your d20 on your magic, mm-hmm. and that will uh, determine how far your wild magic surge range expands. Okay. So if you use a spell slot above what you have available to you, and say you roll a six on your d6, then one yeah, to seven... Yeah, it expands the crit range. Yeah. yeah, one to seven will be your range. Yeah. And Cog is kind of like... He's kind of eyeing Teddy up as he's sitting there drinking in silence with him. Uh, and he, he reaches into his pocket and he pulls out this old white... Um, I mean, it's not so much white anymore, but it's like a gray uh, fingerless glove um, that looks to be kind of worn out. Uh, but it's got it's got kind of like runes sewn into the back of it. Cool, 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 cool. And he says, "You kid, you don't you don't use magic, do you?" A little bit, a dabble here and there, but it's mostly the uh, the singing kind. Or the, the, the piano kind. No, no, I don't. And he uh, he laughs a bit and he says, Okay, um, here, I got I got something that might prove useful to you. Uh, he's like, I've been, I've been using this thing even to this day. It was the first thing that, uh, that the old priest gave to me when I, when I moved into the city uh, before I became a paladin. And it really, it really helped, um, he says the only the only issue the only drawback is uh, it allows you to use magic, but it draws on your life force, but it makes you stronger. And he and he just kind of hands over this glove and he says, "It's uh, it's not something that I, I really need anymore, as you can see. But uh, hopefully it'll it'll help you, you know, in your in your quest." I'll slip it on. Uh, so as you as you kind of slip it on, uh, you can feel that it is. Is sort of like melding with whatever little magic you kind of have, um, but definitely bonding to your life source, uh, and it will allow you to give up a portion of your HP to do your your con modifier times your level plus your proficiency, or sorry, plus your plus your strength in damages. So, in just, but as a, as a straight attack, you can't do that. You can't attack and then add it to Okay, it's not so like an on top like of that. the thing. I got it. No, it's not. No. Okay, okay. However, you can give up more HP for diminishing returns in damage. Gotcha. Okay. Right. And if you decide to use 99% of your health, there may be special complications. <laughs> I understand. All right. I'm going to write yeah. down murder glove. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's going to be what I call it for now. Um, well, great. Thank you very much. And I'm going to, like, gingerly peel it off my hand for now. It doesn't seem like the sort of thing I just want to walk around town wearing. <laughs> not that it's not fetching or nothing like that, but um, it makes my soul want to vomit while I'm wearing it, so I'm going to save it for a special occasion.
welcome back to Chess Night, where all DMs come out to play. As always, we want to thank you so much for listening. If you want to keep up to date on everything DMTK, Chess Night, or otherwise, make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. And check out dmstestkitchen.com. Find out more about what we're doing, get your hands on information about the systems we're playing, and more. Also, be sure to pay extra attention in the weeks coming because we got some real cool stuff happening, well, with some other podcasts that we can't really say right now. But what I can tell you about is a crossover that we recently did where I had to talk like this the whole time. And, well, it was a whole lot of fun. There were mechs, there were trains, there were murder mysteries, and there were all sorts of accents. We did this with our friends over at Profession with Skulls, so you should watch out for that. Check our uh, social media, both of them, and we'll let you know who posts this special little crossover episode when we get the time. Lastly, and thanks for dealing with that, if you want to help us and support us, as always, visit dmstestkitchen.com, click the donate button, buy a shoutout, or check out our merch store. we got all sorts of really cool stuff on there that we really like, and a lot of people have been really enjoying. Uh, we appreciate all kinds of support, little or small, but definitely the best way to help us out is to share us. Definitely talk about us with your friends. Word of mouth is a super strong way to kind of get us around. I know it helps for other podcasts because I like to tell people about my favorite podcasts. And if we're one of your favorites, then definitely tell your friends. We'd really appreciate it. If you listen to us on iTunes, we would absolutely love it if you could give us a review. Reviews on iTunes really help us get seen. We also want to give a big shout out to our cast that make all of this possible. You can follow myself and Kayla through our main channel, DM's Test Kitchen, and you can find the rest as follows. Jesse with DMs of Vancouver, Steve from Classless Characters, and Andrew from The Basement Guild, all of which are fantastic podcasts, and we definitely recommend you check them out. The links are always in the show notes for those guys. We'd also like to give a shout out to our sponsor, Libris Arcana, for all of your dice needs, including monthly subscriptions and more. You guys should go check them out. The next episode, which is definitely going to be the last of this season, will be up on May 23rd, so stay tuned. Thanks again for listening. I'll let you get back to the main course. He, he laughs and he says, you'll, you'll get used to that. I did. Uh, and <laughs> Salandra, <laughs> you you notice that every once in a while, uh, Viren, the drow, she, she kind of glances sideways at you as she's kind of playing with her focus. But she doesn't say anything. She just kind of like stares into uh, into this star system that's on top of her staff. I noticed this. Uh, is she? What, is she standing? Is she sitting? She's sitting. She's sitting. Um, I like kneel down. Um, can I help you? I, I noticed you are looking at me. Um, kind of want to know why. <laughs> <laughs> she says, "You." And she kind of cocks her head a little bit. And she says, "You follow." The Storm God? I do, yes. And she says, have you ever considered the strength of the stars? Um, have you ever considered the strength of the storm? <laughs> and she laughs and she says, all of the time. Um, in, if, in my point of view, the storm blocks out the stars. And, well, 
I haven't really ever given it a thought. And she says, and from my point of view, when the stars fall, they break the sky, and there are no storms to be had. And she just kind of smiles, and she breaks off a planet from her focus. And she says, maybe this will come in useful for you one day. And she drops a small planet in your hand. What is the planet? What is the just planet? Just a planet, you know? Um, <clears throat> the, it is a, it's a sapphire. Mm. Um, and it's, it's kind of like etched. You can see etched into it are like continents and oceans. Uh, it is a very detailed piece of, of jewelry, but it looks almost as if you're holding a globe in your hand. And as you're holding onto it, you see an image. Um, you, it's a quick flash, and it is kind of a view of the solar system very similar to the one that is on the top of her staff, just rotating and rotating and rotating. And she says, I, as a cleric, never followed any particular god. Uh, I just followed the stars, and they gave me power. She says, hopefully the stars can give you power from time to time. Kind of look at the ruby. What does it do? And she says, I think you already saw what it can do. I can pull stars from this guy? And she, she laughs, and she says, I would... Would say so. Yes. Alrighty, I gingerly put that in a secure spot. <laughs> uh, so, for Salandra's information, this this spell works kind of like uh, Meteor Swarm, uh, in that it is it's more of a confined area. Um, so you're going to get the damage out of it that you would out of Fireball, except split up. So. Uh, and it does a little more damage. So she says, just just to give you a heads up, I was never able to completely control this spell when I created it. Uh, it always is a little more powerful than I can handle. I can handle it. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure you can. She's like, but the blindness that follows afterwards is a bit of a pain in the oh, ass. Don't worry, and I pull out the moonstone. I have the power of the moon. <laughs> um, she, she she just laughs. She's like, "I like you. This should be fun." <laughs> All right then. So yeah, the the spell itself is. Um, uh, I think fireball is what eight eight d six. Yeah. So it is five d six radiant damage and five d six uh, bludgeoning and five bludgeoning. Yeah. Uh, that said. It comes with a charge, so you can use it once a day, and that will increase with as you level up. One. The drawback is you can use it only once per long rest, and you are blind until the end of your next turn after using it. Thank you. And as that's done, they all kind of look at each other and and just kind of just kind of smirk a bit. And Cog says, "Well, we uh, we should." probably get going. We appreciate the potions. Um, we'll we'll try and do what we can to help, but I'm, I'm not sure what we can do right now. Uh, and they wander off into the woods. Okay, bye. 
Alright then. <laughs> uh, but as you guys are kind of watching them disappear into the woods, you start to hear a rumbling coming from the mouth of the cave. You said Bobby, go after this guy. Yeah, into the cave. Is the Veer just sorry, is the Veer just standing around right now? Yeah, he's just chilling out. He's just like sat there and just watched this whole thing happen. <laughs> hey, Debeer, you want to come fuck somebody up with us? Uh, and he he just says, "Yeah, okay, sure." Fuck yes. Uh, yeah. Everyone, roll perception for me. Sixteen. Seven. Eleven. Sixteen. All right. Uh, so as you, um, as you guys start heading towards, I guess the mouth of the cave. All you hear uh, is like this rumbling, and you can feel everything shaking. Uh, and the mouth of the cave lights up. Whoa! Uh, and instantly, you hear someone—a familiar voice—yell out, "Icarus! I can't believe you've done this!" And a body comes firing out of the cave. And this guy, whose hood is torn up, and he's got long long golden hair, pointed ears, and that tattoo. Um, and out of the cave comes Baku. And she is incredibly angry. You can see coming from her eyes almost as if it's smoke. Uh, and she is just radiating magical energy. And she fires off what look to be uh, moonbeams, but almost from her hands in his direction knocking him down almost killing him actually uh, he is not moving and she sees you guys and all of that energy disappears and she collapses okay. run to the guy on the ground or oh, maybe not uh, Ferris uses Maximilian grasp to grab the guy on the ground and hold him in stone and ground him wow that was Teddy starts to move that direction and sees that happen and goes, okay, and then he goes over to Baku. Alright, so he's gonna make a strength saving throw. Can I do this without harming him? Can I... Because the saving throw just, um... I guess the saving throw is damage. Yeah. All I just want to do is, like, hold him in place. Right, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so he... He's, uh, he's in place. Yeah. Excellent. So, it would last for a minute. Okay. So, Landra, can you yes. take a look at Baku? I'll run over. For, uh, okay. Um, so, Landra, as you, uh, as you kind of look over Baku, she, uh, she's very clearly, uh, suffering. Uh, it doesn't look like she's used to using as much, uh, magic as she as she has. Um, almost like she's overexerting herself. Okay. So she definitely needs to take a rest at this point. Does she look wounded with any sort of healing? Um, no, not uh, not so much wounded. Like She's got a bit of a... She's got a couple of cuts on her, um, but it doesn't look like anything other than that is is affecting her too much. Um, but she, she does kind of look up and she says... So, oh, Solandra, you guys, you're back. Um, yes. Uh, we saw the, the stars fall from the sky, and we were on a dragon. It was all really cool. Um, but no, we're here now. <laughs> she she kind of laughs a little bit. She's like, 
Good. I oh Icarus, he Flew too close uh, to the sun. She's she says, Yeah, you might say that. He was looking to bring the autumn death into the underdark. Um Did you stop? You should show her the letter. Mm, yeah, indeed. Varus brings out the letter. And she she kinda looks at it and she she kinda contorts her face a little bit. She's ah oh, there have been rumors. Um, rumors that the that the council had brought this on everybody, and, and I wasn't I didn't want to believe it. I say uh, mm, don't I don't know what to do at this point. I don't. But first, we need to deal with him. And she and she says, I don't I don't have anything left. Would you Would you help me? What do you, What would you like us to do? I at this point, there is a. He has a vial of the Autumn Death. I don't know where it is. We search him. <laughs> I search yeah. him. Uh, yeah, definitely I'll make search sure him. him. Okay, so he is he is covered in in ground right now. Well, I'm sure I can manipulate it a little and just like move it aside as we check parts of him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and- looks kind of perplexed. Why don't we just kill him? Look back at the oracle. <laughs> yeah. And the oracle doesn't say anything. Fucking kill him. That is. You've been waiting to kill things. Oh. I give it to you. I have. Um, and I am just. I am just gonna kill him. I'm just gonna kill him. Okay. I need you to roll me a dexterity check to hit him. Twenty-one. Yay! So Get nice. them bad rolls out of the way early. Okay. Um, so, where are you looking to hit this? Oh, I want to walk up behind him, like, and just snap his neck clean, quick. No fuss, no mess, it's just done. Okay. Be humane um, about it. We already have the dirt on him, so we don't even have to bury him. <laughs> exactly, the hand can just pull him in. Okay, perfect. Uh, so, yeah, you, you do that. And... He, Varys, uh, actually everybody else, are you guys looking him in the face when you, when Teddy does this? I'm taking... Yes? Um, I'm not. Care of the Oracle. Yeah, okay. I don't think the Cenotaph is really watching. Okay, so Varys, as as Teddy kind of wraps his, his arms around this guy's head, Icarus looks at you and he just smiles as he feels Teddy's arms wrap around his head. And he mouths... Perfect. As Teddy, Teddy stop. Job. That's too late. Um, so you manage to, uh, as you do this, there is a wave of black that busts out from underneath the kind of that earth mound that he's stuck in. Uh, and you jump away uh, and it cocoons him, or the body. And it cocoons it in a almost a skull shape. But it's hard like obsidian. And as you guys sort of take stock of what's just happened, within a couple minutes, it starts to slowly crack. And Baku says, no, he's, he's done it. As she says, when we asked you if we should kill him or not, this would have been a good possibility to mention whatever the hell this is. <sighs> he must have broken the flask when you 
grasp when you trapped him. And she says, I I don't know. I don't know what else I, I can do. Moonstone? You can, you can try. I don't know if it'll work. Salandra? I'm sorry, what do you want to do with it? I don't know. Teddy, Tread. the moon boom. <gasps> yes! Holy <laughs> shit! Yes, I'm just gonna put that and push the button and put that in there and everybody back up! <laughs> okay, so as... Uh, um, Ferris is gonna, like, stand in front of everybody. Um, and, like, try to usher them behind her. Find a convenient tree in a rock or something. Yep, I will back up too. Okay. Great call. Thank you. So, yeah. The... As the as the skull starts to crack, and Teddy, you kind of like put the push the button and put it down. There's a hole that kind of forms in the top of it, and this moon boom just falls inside. Yes, and it actually contains the explosion, and all you see is like a shred of light come through these uh, these cracks from the top of this skull. And it blasts out in almost like a mohawk on the skull, and the skull falls apart. <laughs> um, roll. Is there a roll for pure joy? D10. Jesus, that's the roll for pure joy. <laughs> Say 13 D10. 14 D10. 14 D10. Okay, it's a 79. <laughs> and as that happens, like the mohawk. The skull splits open, and all you hear is this scream, just, (laughs) and these long, black, feathered wings stretch out, and there is kind of like this mix of, of black ooze and blood dripping down the face, and the face is contorted because he had just broken it. He grabs his chin and the top of his head. And kind of clicks it back into place. And as he looks at you guys, he says, I'm not stopping. You stop it. (laughs) And he says, and he flies about ten feet up in the air. And you guys will roll initiative. 